And it's Steve Tasker who has been all over the field. Kind of unique. He was kind of a dual role player for you. Steve. A balloon. Steve. A blimp. We're not even in the stratosphere of normalcy. All right, here we are. It's Thursday. Don't tell Tracy I did that. Uh, don't worry. Um, we're here at Bill's training camp as usual, and we'll get into the nuggets from practice today here on Thursday, the day prior to the return of the blue and red at Highmark Stadium on Friday. All those tickets required for entry have been distributed at this point. So if you got a ticket, we look forward to seeing you out there tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the show. But, well, yeah, it won't be chilly either. But after a, a <laughs> essentially. Did you get that little. Yeah, we, all right. we're with you. Essentially, why do you not think we're quick on the uptake? We, we're, it's all registered. I know you are. It's for Jay. Oh, okay. Um, so after what essentially was a day off yesterday, all they had was a walk, a closed walkthrough. They go back in pads today. Fourth straight practice in pads with a day off in between. And um, the intensity had gotten ratcheted up pretty quickly in the team setting. Stefan Diggs catches a short pass. Greg Rousseau, who dropped into, it looked like he dropped into coverage. He dropped off the line, went to rake the ball out pretty much after the play was over. (laughs) Stefan did not take kindly to that. Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau winds up and uses his 88-inch reach to try to connect and somehow misses Diggs, and then Diggs comes back and and throws a punch at him. I think he glanced his helmet, and then everybody piled in after that. So I saw our friend Mike Catalana describe it as a skirmish. I would would label it that. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. It fell into those three categories. I said it happened after the play was completely over, and one guy was done. The other guy just did one last thing that got under the skin and that and it, uh, we've seen it a couple of times the guys who actually start the fights like in this case Diggs and Rousseau they mm-hmm. were kind of done with it and then it kind of lingered for everybody else right I mean Ed Oliver had it was like they were like restraining Ed Oliver after it was all over was, you know I think they need to fight more so they get used to turning it on and off speaking of Ed Oliver uh, he and his cohorts on the defensive interior another Strong day from that group, and I know you and I were talking about this on the sideline. I'm just going to say it. This defense is going to be better than last year. You're yeah. not going to be able to run on this team. Uh, and in long down and distance, if you can't run on them, you're probably not going to be able to pass very effectively on this team. This team, yeah. look, and, and I know I started getting ahead of myself a little bit because we haven't even played a preseason game yet. But we know the schedule at the beginning of the year. They're playing – the Rams, the Titans, and the Dolphins out of the gate. First three weeks. Those are, I'm going to tell you, three of the top five defenses they will face the entire season. All in the first three weeks. Right. Yeah. It's If they're going to win those games, it's going to be because the defense is lights out. Everybody's talking about Josh Allen, MVP candidate, high-scoring offense. That's great. The defense is going to win Help this team win if they're going to win all of these first three games or even two of the first three, I think, would be a victory with the caliber of opponents you're going against. Right. Because you've got three very good defenses there in the Rams, Titans, and Dolphins. I think the Bills' defense is going to be even better than those three. And I could see them winning games these first three weeks, like 20 to 10, 
right. 16 to 8. You know, stuff right. like that. It's fun, it's fun to think about the Bills picking up offensively where they left off last year. But they are playing the world champions with Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey and that crew in playing defense. It could be very well that opening night, Thursday night, could be, you know, a 13-10 game because of, you know, how these def- defenses play. Certainly, I'm with you. We've been watching these guys intently every day. I am convinced this defense is going to be better. Uh, and, and certainly up front, they are going to be better. They are going to be better. Um, we'll see what that translates into and what it looks like and how it's going to force offenses and other their opponents to play them differently than they did in 2021 and how it, that manifests itself in 2022. Because, you know, team, you're not playing in a vacuum. There's going to be some teams that score some points on you. What that's going to look like to me is going to be the interesting thing about this season because this is a different defense, and they're going to be stout up front, and their pass rush is going to be upgraded significantly. Um, so I'm I'm really interested. I'm with you, Brownie. I, I, we, you and I have been watching these guys, and, uh, you know, once again, they're playing against an offensive line that has – had some injuries and all of that, and, you know, I, I get all of that. Um, but it's different. It's different, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and as you astutely pointed out, that may not be reflected in the league rankings that the defense is better because, hell, they were number one in about six different categories last year. They may not be number one in all of, a lot of those categories. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to be top five in almost all of them. If this group stays healthy – I'm telling you, man, this defense is going to well, destroy people. Yeah, let's not they forget are, they've still got the really same, good. They got the same. They've got the same coordinator over there. They didn't switch coordinators yep. over there. They got the same cast, you know, coaching staff that has coordinated this defense extremely well over the past five years. And Leslie Frazier is is dialing it in. So um, it's going to be fun to watch. You know this. Yeah, I, they're going to be a wrecking thing. crew. Yeah, I, I Matt, agree. Matthew I think Stafford is not going to know what hit him. Well, He's going to have people all in his lap. Well, I, I just wait and see. I mean, I'm not going to start predicting. You, defense is gonna I'm not going to predict things, but I think they're really going to be good. Speaking speaking of the defense, we'll talk more about it with Bills linebacker Matt Milano in about 20 minutes' time. We'll have him on the show, fresh off the practice field from camp practice today. So we look forward to that conversation, and we also got some news. Regarding some of the injured players on Buffalo's roster, first the good news, Ryan Bates back in the practice setting today. Did not get team reps, but was back practicing in individual position work and stuff like that, so he's working his way back from an undisclosed injury. We don't even know what was ailing him. Tim Settle worked his way back into practice today, too. He coming back from a slight groin ailment, so good to see him back on the field. Jordan Poyer going to miss a couple of weeks, according to head coach Sean McDermott this morning. Should be ready for week one against the Rams, as has been previously reported. You and I actually got a chance to talk briefly with Jordan, who was watching practice from the sidelines. He's got a big old immobilizer cast on his left arm to keep his hyperextended elbow in the proper place at all times, 24 hours a day. And... Remember when we were saying the other day when we watched the injury happen that the pain did not seem to subside for him that was shooting through his arm after he took that shot. And as he was trying to go walk to the locker room, he had to take a knee. 
And he said the reason why was the pain was so excruciating, he almost passed out. He said he got lightheaded. Got lightheaded, yeah. And had to take a knee for a second to get his bearings. We we knew because I... I don't know if I've ever experienced you were, pain yeah, to that you, degree. Yeah, but you played you played soccer, so you've been on the field. You know, you get kicked or something. something yeah, happens. you walk it off. Even a bad injury, like you can you can kind of like okay, take a couple of deep breaths and it's gonna it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it never happened. You could just tell it just kept hurting and hurting on Poyer, and he couldn't get on top of the pain. Yeah, and uh, they actually uh, he walked out of the after he took a knee, got up, gathered himself. They walked out. Then he got into a cart and they they drove him over to the to the locker room, but. You can tell, even on in game day, if you've ever been to a Bills game or any other game, you see guys walk it off. Yeah, and that can even that could be anything, um, and it just wasn't happening for Poyer yesterday or day was it yesterday or day before? And uh, yeah, day before yesterday, we had a chance to just like you said, chit chat with him just for a minute, and he. He's standing around. I mean, yeah, it's he's okay fine. now. Yeah, he's, he's well, a, that's what he said. Even yeah. after all that, he said, "I'll be all right." Yeah. I mean, it's a hyperextension. You let the thing calm down, and, you know, yeah. it should be good. Um, the news not as good for Marquez Stevenson, who suffered the foot injury on Tuesday, and Coach revealed to us this morning that he is going to be out multiple weeks. And if you remember last year, Steve, he also suffered a foot injury in a preseason game and then got IR'd by the team. It was either IR or PUP. I can't remember. Either way, uh, he was – he was put on a you know non-playing list after suffering the foot injury. I don't know. We'll have to check if we can find out if it's the same foot. You hope yeah. you almost hope it isn't because right. you don't want a recurring thing in a right. foot that's been previously injured, especially right. for a receiver, right? right. Like yeah, because feet are probably the last thing you want to hurt. If you if you injure the same foot again, it always speaks to the fact that the next step you think they're going to take is well, he's going to have to have some surgery on, or he's going to put a pin on that kind of thing. Uh, that, not to say that we're, like, predicting that or anything like that, but, yeah, when it's chronic, it's a problem. And uh, But, yeah, even Sean McDermott didn't know that if it was the same foot or not from a year ago. So we'll, we'll just wait and see on him. But he, McDermott did say we're looking at weeks uh, for yeah. him. So that was, that was an unfortunate kind of revelation. Tough, no pun intended, but kind of a tough break for him. Other non-participant in practice was Greg Manns. I asked Coach this morning, hey, did he miss Tuesday's practice for a – was that a vet day, like a rest day? And he said, no, he's dealing with something. We did not get the specifics on exactly what that was, but he sat out a second straight practice with an undisclosed injury as well. So the revolving door on the offensive line unfortunately continues, although Coach McDermott did say, Steve, that he anticipates Spencer Brown will be reinserted into the team segments of practice here soon – my best guess would be maybe tomorrow, hopefully Monday by the latest, because we're creeping up on that first preseason game. Right. You got to get some of these ones back into practice setting. Yeah, I uh, mean, not that they're going to play a lot in the first preseason game anyway, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't think it's a panic mode yet, and I don't even think it's a concern yet, particularly given the the lack of severity or at least the good handle and history of seeing these before goes. I mean. These athletic trainers and even the players and stuff, you get you know some ribs and stuff, you kind of have a really good handle on how long it's going to take before the guy can sleep well, take deep breaths without worrying about it, you know, flex his core to, you know, ex- you know contact, all that stuff. And uh, so they, they, they'll know exactly when they're going to get him back, and once they get their minds around that, you know, they can set their schedule accordingly. But like we said, this whole early part of training camp has been one big opportunity. 
because you've got so many guys that are top flight players right. for this team sitting down or taking half reps or, or you know half their rotation of reps and just watching. Um, there's been a lot of guys, and including this entire draft class that we spoke about yesterday, that have uh, taken advantage of it. And speaking of that draft class, Balin Specter, the last pick in the draft this year for the Bills, comes up with a big interception to end a two-minute drill drive by the third-team offense and uh, basically ends it right then and there with an yeah. interception over the middle. Nice grab by him. Barkley was so trying to throw it, it away, just, and it got away. From right, but it right. illustrates again, here is the draft class flashing every single, every single day. Yeah. One of those guys from the draft class is doing something. Shakir yeah. had another nice day today. Um, yeah. The only guy that hasn't really flashed probably is Tanuta. The tackle. Hard to flash Yeah, hard there. to flash, although he's been on the field a bunch. Yes. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, every – that's you're right. Spectre was the one that you hadn't seen too much from yet. And, you know, boom, no sooner do we say it than he, he shows up and ends a, a, a two-minute drive with a pick. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Ed Oliver just keeps racking up the sacks here in training camp practice. I think he's had at least one every day. There's been two or three days where he's had multiples. Shaq Lawson had a sack today. Jordan Phillips had a sack today. Uh, the sacks are coming fast and furious here, which is why Steve and I are so giddy about what we think this defense is going to be able to do this year. They're just going to flat out shut people down. And it reminds me a little bit, Steve, of what we saw from the 99 Bills defense that finished number one in the league. That's with Ted Washington, Phil Hansen, and Bruce up front. Right. John Holasek, Sam Coward, Sam Rogers. Gabe Northern. I mean, that's your front seven right there. Henry Jones was still in the secondary with Kurt Schultz. And then I think you had is Thomas Smith still here. I believe he was. Uh, what year? No, 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 he was not. He I was gone already. He already went gone. to Chicago. He Chicago, yeah. Um, but, man, that, but, man, that was a group. And Antoine Winfield was a rookie nickel. Um, heck of a group. Heck of a group. And the big thing that stood out about them was – and obviously it was a different brand of football. You were trying to run the ball a lot more back. You could not right. run the football on that team. They finished third in the league and run defense, first in the league in total defense. They're going to be hard to move the ball on on the ground with these big fellas in the middle. And then you get down to bad down and distance on second or third down. Von Miller's getting home, dude. Like, yeah. He's going to be getting home. I mean, they, they do seem like they've got – um, the ability in every facet of the game to be really, really good. Um, you said it. It start even with that '99 defense that was number one. You can, nobody could run the ball on Ted Washington when when he was in the game. Yeah. Uh, he just it was just he could just move to the point of attack, slide down, and uh, he never lost ground. And he was, I think, in his 17 year career, he he was never outside the top five in run defense. His defense, yeah. he was in the middle of. He's just a phenomenal athlete. Um, the only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame is because he didn't rush the passer well, which is it's too bad because he had a Hall of Fame kind of career. Uh, and that's the same way you look at this defense. There's going to be some big bodies down inside, and it's going to be hard for the offense to push them out of the way and make any room for these running backs. And, you know, So a lot of intriguing stuff going on with this defense. You and I noticed it. Although, and having said that, and how good they've been playing, the offense had a nice, a nice short yardage day today, uh, out in the field where they were doing third and two, yeah, something like that. Shorts. And uh, 
They were converting. The offense was doing really got, well. Now, third and two, I mean, you think, good plays. yeah. Third and two, you think, okay, it's an advantage offense. You kind of, two yards is okay, but they did well. They, they executed extremely well. There was also a live goal line period. Uh, you know, the starters were in there early, and then they mm-hmm. rotated some of the other units through. And I thought Duke Johnson ran really hard in between the tackles at the goal line. Uh, thought he ran real tough, low to the ground. Liked what I saw from him. And there was some good misdirection and trickery by the offense at times. That was encouraging to see. They really had the defense fooled on a couple of plays. So that was encouraging, knowing, you know, the guy that's making the calls is going to be doing this for the first time on Sundays for real. So, yeah, it was a spirited goal line segment. And you only see those once or twice at training camp. Always fun to see because that's when right. you really start to hear pads popping and guys digging in and really grinding. That's right. That's right. And it's it's really kind of the first day, too, you, uh, where, you know, they were off for a day. They came back, and it really felt like a long, physical, demanding practice. This was a big-time the depths of training camp kind of practice for me. I don't know if you noticed that. It just, the guys were subdued on the sidelines, not much conversation going on, none of the helmet-to-helmet energetic, like, yeah, I got you on that play, That none of that stuff going on. As soon as the play was over, guys, they were just walking back to the <laughs> – I mean, line a up lot again. of body language that said, yeah, okay, I'm, enough of this. Um, it, was, it was a long practice, and you can really tell that at this point of training camp um, – They've done a lot of work to this point. Yeah. Some quick news and notes before we get to Josh Allen, who addressed the media after practice today. Don't know if you saw this, Steve. Matthew Stafford, Rams QB, is not going to be participating in team segments of practice for now due to a lingering elbow problem. That is a concern. Yeah. Maybe not yet, but it will be pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, he did not just so everybody has it straight. He did not play a single snap in the preseason last year. Right, that's a McVay thing. How'd their season go last year? They did pretty well. Oh, did they? Okay. Um, right. So I would anticipate much of the same, especially in light of this ailment that he's dealing with. I don't know what it is, Steve, but it seems like those older quarterbacks, you know, the elbow or the shoulder. I know when Jim got older, he used to like skip practices late in the week to save himself up for game day. Right, his his shoulder. Yeah. On his, like, that was when he was pretty advanced he'd, in his career. Yeah, he'd throw once a week. You know, yeah. he'd throw on Thursdays at 7-on-7 seven seven or, you know, on third down day. And that was and, it. Yeah, he'd hand off the rest of the week. And so Stafford is 30, I think he turns 34 this year. So he's not a spring chicken. No, but he's had some work done. Yeah. He had his shoulder worked on, um, all of that. And we remember what happened to Roethlisberger. He's just throwing a football, and the elbow goes on him. Remember that? Oh, a couple, yeah. A few That's years right. ago? That's right. So it's you, you know their antennas up on this because they don't want to repeat uh, what Roethlisberger did about three, four years ago early in the season. I think it was the first week of the season he did it. I think it was. I think it was and then he missed first. the rest of the year. Yeah, and he didn't want – in fact, and that's why he gave him one more year. He didn't feel like he could quit yeah. going out like that. Um, it's always a concern. The, the older you get, not only that you're more susceptible to injury, I don't know if that's the case, but you – you don't bounce back like you, that 22-year-old guy does. Yeah. And the mileage you've already got on you. Um, and like I've, I've said a lot of times, once you get into your 30s, I can't speak to the quarterback position, although you've already spoken about Jim being there. 
you it, training is important. I mean, this just in. It's really important to be ready physically to play a long NFL season. Well, that's why Brady's still doing that's, it because of all his training, right? right? And if yes, but if you're nicked up and you're beat up and you got sore shoulder, sore elbow, sore ankle, sore hip, your back's bad. You have to train in such a way that you have to train around all those ailments to get ready to play, and it becomes tedious. Plus, not as effective. Yeah, and so you spend a you know. You, you can't do this exercise anymore because it bothers your shoulder. And you can't do that exercise because your knees hurt. And you can't do that exercise because, you, you know, your elbow. Now you can't it. train the way you now need you to train to train. stay healthy. Now you can't train to stay healthy and to play your best. So it's, it's a, you know, cascading effect because of the inability to, yeah. to push yourself to be better and, and stay strong and healthy. Uh, some more news out of Cardinals camp. And I got to tell you. When it rains, it pours. I mean, you've had all the Kyler Murray stuff already. Marquise Hollywood Brown was arrested and charged for criminal speeding. Um, so that happened. And I saw this a couple of days ago. You know, everybody doesn't mind when a guy gets fired up, blows his stack, and has a little scrap with a teammate. Rookie offensive tackle Trevor Penning for the Saints, Steve. He did it for a third consecutive day yesterday and got kicked out of practice or tuesday i'm sorry um the dennis allen the head coach is like what bro third day in a row what are you doing right he's just fighting everybody like there's a there's a law of diminishing returns there like it happens once okay your emotions got the best of you you know we all good okay let's keep going with practice happen second day in a row it's like second uh, day it's like listen learn something from you know you got to start he's like then the third but the third day in a row it's like you're an idiot get the hell out of here exactly yeah so that's where exactly you're you're trevor penning former college teammate by the way of spencer brown so yeah if we ever get spencer i'll have to ask him hey has trevor got a screw loose or something what's going on and also (laughs) but i'll say this too um, we, we've been talking about it particularly here as they build a roster. You need some grit in your roster. You need guys who are willing to fight for the team. I mean, literally, on the field if there's a scrap. And like these, like these fights we're seeing in practice yeah. and all that, you need a guy who's not afraid of that and who's up for that. And some of these guys get it in their head that if they can be that guy, they, they're going to prolong their ch- time in camp. Even if they're yeah. not playing that well, if they can be that guy. Well, the guy was a first-round pick. Like, I what get are you, you. doing? Um, I get you. But that's, that's the kind of the mentality. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Quick quiz for you. What do you think the speed of Marquise Goodwin's car was? I'll give. I'll let you know. It was in triple digits. A sixty-five mile per hour zone. Okay. Sixty-five. Okay. I would say one ten. He was doing one twenty-six. Mm, obviously, he's not driving a that pickup. that that falls under the heading criminal speeding. <laughs> yes. Your speeding is criminal. Well, yeah, they're probably, and I'll say this too: the league at this current point in time is probably very sensitive to those kind of things because we have you know, a player uh, the las vegas player who henry ruggs henry ruggs who you know a, a, girl, a girl's dead because of it so um yeah the, the league and his career is over yeah so that's it's not smart all right we want to turn now to one josh allen who addressed the media after practice today so here is the quarterback Deep ball going a little bit today. Um, last one to Shakir. Can you talk a little bit about Khalil and getting to know him over the first stop on training here? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a, a pretty good job in terms of learning the offense. He's been switching up from Z to F. Um, smart kid, runs some really good routes. 
Uh, so it's it's good to see him, you know, getting some reps with us and, you know, producing. You know, he's uh, I'm excited about him. I really am. Sorry, Catherine, go ahead. Sorry, how have you seen him handle getting switched around and what makes him able to do that? Well, stupid rookies got no choice. Right? All, all rookies are stupid rookies until proven otherwise. Um, I called Kair 2-4 yesterday, and he said some stuff about it, and then he went right back to stupid rookie, and he's not too happy with that. But, um, no, he's, again, he isn't complaining. He's just, again, trying to be on the field whatever way he can. And, again, we've got so many different um, options right now in terms of guys that, that can play at a very high level. So he's just trying to find a role right now, and he's done, a like I said, a, a really good job of knowing what he's doing, being able to be switched around. Someone needs a gas, you know, a break, because um, they're gassed from running something. He's the first one in, and he's been on top of his stuff in the meetings. He pays attention. Um, I can go on and on. I really can. Um, but he's going he's gonna to help this team. First time we talked to you since what happened last Saturday. Pretty rare to see a quarterback mix it up like you did with Jordan. Can you just kind of walk us through what happened there and, you know, what you were thinking? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> No, again, tempers fly. It was first day of pads. Camp's long, you know. Um, I was probably in the wrong there. But, again, just trying to get some guys juiced up, ready to go. It's football. Uh, yeah, so that's that's all it was. It was nothing. and um, I got him a box of Pro V1s for, for pushing them. I felt bad, but, you know, it's all in love. We're, we're just out here trying to push each other, trying to be great. Yeah, it seems to like that a little bit. Like another, I'm not even out of that specific instance, but if you get the sense that the intensity's down or whatever, I mean, you have other ways that you do that. Uh, For sure, there, there's ways you got to find um, to do that. Sometimes, like I said, camp's long. Sometimes it's a drag. Sometimes guys want to be anywhere but the football field, um, and that's just the nature of the business. You know, it's uh, long days, short years, and. Knowing that that this goes by so quick, we got to find ways to you know put our focus back into what we're doing and focus on the here and now. And um, you know sometimes it's necessary. You know good good teams sometimes fight. You know guys want want it so bad. Guys are very competitive. Guys push each other. So uh, you saw a little little tempers flare again today. And again, that's all because we want to win. We want to work really hard. We want to beat the guys across from us. And that doesn't matter who it is. Um, but it's good to see the intensity right now coming out from you know both sides of the football and the, and the whole team because, again, we just want to win football games. Yeah, this, this camp seems to have been one of the most chippiest ones in my memory of, uh, of, of Bill's camps here. What is that? Is it just because you talked about a new identity? Is this, about, is this the identity that you guys, to a degree, are trying to form? Um, I can't say that is the reason why. Um, but when you bring in the guys that we've brought in, there's competition all over the place. There's competition on their side of the ball, on our side of the ball, and then when we play against each other, uh, you know, guys are trying to fight for a spot on this team. And, you know, things get chippy when, when guys are uh, working hard and, and trying to beat the other guy across from them. And like I said, I saw a coach say in the media he'd rather tell us to tone it down than pick it up, and I think that's kind of just the spot where we're at. Guys want to win. Guys want to beat each other. You know, it's uh, got a lot of talkers on this team too. So um, it's been a fun camp. It really has been, and I, I appreciate the intensity from, you know, both sides of the ball. Did I see you trying to get in the way of Ed Oliver, who's kind of charging at somebody today? Is it, I mean, that's no, you, no, no. no? <laughs> Different Richards than me.
<laughs> Speaking of uh, talkers, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, who is the supreme talker, um, he looks like he's kicking ass and taking names this camp because he knows that that job is right there for him to win, starting slot job. Could you just kind of evaluate what you're seeing from him and, and all that? Yeah, I mean, again, he's he's working his tail off, and that's kind of what Isaiah is known for. He's uh, he's going to work hard. He's going to find a way. Um, but, it, again, learning – the nuances of the slot position and taking the, the coaching and the leadership and um, the knowledge that, you know, he's had over the past years of guys in that position, you know, being naming Cole, um, trying to take what he was doing on the field and apply it to his game, bringing a guy like Jamison and having his knowledge and Isaiah kind of taking that. And um, there's no denying his physical attributes, his speed. He's extremely tough for a little guy. Um, you know, he's a little muscle hamster. Um, but he, he, again, he's determined to, to, to help this team win football games, at, whether that's at punt return or kick return or slot. The gadget guy that he's kind of been in the role in this offense over the last couple of years. Um, but like you said, that position's up there, and he's, he's taken advantage of it early in camp. Um, had some really, really nice plays. His intensity's up. His focus is up. Um, and again, he's going out there, and he just continues to make plays. How do you expect to uh, pick up where you left off with familiar faces, with bigger roles, to fresh faces to build with? Yeah, again, going into year three with Diggy, um, you know, Gabe developing more into this offense now. You know, Isaiah is my longest tenured receiver, so again, I think that kind of plays into what he's going on. But you got you bring in some some new guys, um, some guys that are on the practice squad last year that are that are playing really well in camp right now. And new offensive coordinator, I can go on and on about that. It's it's new, but he's not new, you know. Um, I trust him, and he's going to have a hard job of piecing guys on the field and, and trying to get guys different looks. But I think we're at our best as an offense when we're spreading the ball around and, um, you know, you don't know where the ball could be going. So, fortunately, we've got the options and, and the pieces to do it. Now it's to go out there and execute. That's a different story, and that's what we're just trying to do. And that's Josh Allen addressing the media and a new nickname for Isaiah McKenzie. It was Little Dirty. It might be Little Muscle Hamster now. Who knows? Uh, that's what Josh called him today in the press conference. So there's that. Do with it what you will. If you want to put it on a sign for the return of the blue and red tomorrow, knock yourself out. Yeah. But we have to take a break here because when we come back, Matt Milano will be joining us here on the set. We'll catch up with him about what he thinks this defense is capable of in 2022 next here on one bills live presented by collider health it's buffalo bills radio All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here at Bills Training Camp, St. John Fisher University, and happy to be joined now by the man who wears number 58 in your program, linebacker Matt Milano. Matt, good to have you. Appreciate um, you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, what are we around, day 9, day 10? I know you had a day off yesterday, but are we getting to the to the heavy leg period of camp? <laughs> we're in it right now. I yeah. don't know where we're at, but I'm just coming every day <laughs> ready to rock. <laughs> Does once, it, you, once you start counting the days, right. you get lost in the, yeah. oh, lost in the sauce. Do you, so we've been watching it. Does the defense feel as good as it looks? It does. As a player, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does, especially with those guys up front. Yeah. I mean, you can just feel them getting off the ball, creating havoc, and that helps everybody out, the defenders, linebackers, DBs, everybody. So, so tell, me, tell me, with those big guys up there, how does it help you and Tremaine the most? Is it 
all about just keeping you guys clean so you can run and hit? Or is there another benefit also to, I mean, because they're just holding stuff up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, you know. They're getting off the ball, creating havoc. I mean, once you snap at the ball and the guy's in your face, it it creates a little bit of a not who do I got, but the linemen essentially don't know who they're blocking at that point. So once they get off the ball and they're just big dudes up there, Jordan Phillips, big dude, Ed coming off the ball, falling outside. Everybody, so it's been it's been fun to play with so, so far. So basically, nobody's coming into your kitchen, so you got full view of where your landmarks are and where you got to be, yeah. right? And if, and if they are, then it creates a one-on-one for them up front, which helped right. us out as well. Yeah, you guys have coming into your year, fifth year now, I think, right? Sixth, Sixth year. Yep. And you and Tremaine, you must be like an old married couple by this <laughs> time, right? I mean, finish each bit. other's sentence, right? Yeah. No, but we've we've been been around each other so much. You know, once you're with anybody, I'm sure you guys have yeah. the same chemistry. You can just tell. Yeah, what but we don't like do. each other, so yeah. it's a little know. different. Nah, I got you guys. But yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been fun, and we you can kind of tell what he's going to do. You know, what he's going to yeah. call, where he's going to be at. Just that feeling of where he is at times helps how, a lot. How has the film sessions changed between the two? And the you know, with the linebackers saved. I know you guys go in, you watch some film, and how you know breaking it down. How has that changed over the course? Not just from last year and the year before, but even this year with the new guys up front and and how the conversation changes because all the new guys. Yeah, I mean, we've been together, I think this is our sixth year, I want to say. Most of us have been together for six years, so we kind of have grown from the basics of where we're aligned at and what the scheme is to now thinking about what the offense is doing and how they're attacking us. So that's kind of been our focus is where where are we getting attacked and how are they attacking us. I know I already addressed the big guys in the middle, but with Vaughn added to the pass rush, I mean, your eyes are going to be getting big on – third and nine sometimes because you know if he's not getting the guy on the ground he's probably forcing a bad throw somewhere at some point in time and that means opportunities for you right exactly yeah i mean you know that the edge defender changes the whole entire game right in one snap so it's a blessing to have him and i'm sure we'll see some some great things a lot of you guys are smiling in the back seven and with good reason (laughs) yeah you guys you guys walk into this training camp and expectations are sky high i mean it could not be higher yeah and you kind of went through that last year. You had a, a tremendous 2020 season, got out of the AFC Championship game. So people knew about you last year. When you come in now and you walk into the locker room, you had the number one defense last year. And I was talking to somebody this year. There's a chance, because of the quarterbacks you, you kind of, by happenstance, had to play last year, there's a chance you could be a much better defense this year, even though you were number one last year, and not be ranked as highly just because of the way the, the chips fall during the regular season. Have you guys... So how do you guys handle that, the expectation of being a better defense already being ranked number one? Yeah, I mean, we're not so much as looking at numbers and statistics and where we're at in the realm to everybody else. We're just focused on us coming out each and every day, um, getting after the quarterback, making plays on defense. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, once you start worrying about what number you are, where, where you're placed at, you kind of fall on that whole right. thing of trying to yeah. do too much or do too less. So I think just coming out every day, um, working and building – Working on your craft and building yourself. I think that's where I think that's where it's going to shine at. You got a new coach in the room, not new to the staff, and the guy's got the same name as the previous guy, but it's Bob Babich's son, Bobby. Yep. Um, I'm curious because he's coming from that secondary level. Is, is he bringing anything new to the table? I mean, this defense—you guys know it like the back of your hand. Is he bringing anything new to the table from a linebacker perspective? Because I've got to believe there are some coverage things that he can kind of lend to you guys yep. you know in that way yeah bobby's been great um from day one he's brought in some new energy some new juice 
I love Bob as well. Bob has been great as well, so yeah. it's been blessed to be right. coached by both the Babbages. Two generations, Two yeah. generations of Babbages. Uh, can't beat that. But, no, Bobby's been great. Um, you know, just little technique stuff, working on our craft. Just every, every day he's on it, you know. Younger guy. Um, coming in there with some juice, so it's been fun to be around him and yeah, being coached I mean, by him. He almost tackled Tremaine after he made the interception the other day. He was, yeah, he, he was like pumped up. Uh, I think he's he ready was to, more excited he's ready than to get in there sometimes before we are. <laughs> so you're also one of the guys who's been around long enough to remember being here, leaving for training camp, yep. being in Orchard Park, not coming back. Give us your idea about what it's like to be back in, yep. in Rochester. Now it's, it's been fun um, being in front of the fans. I don't think a lot of these fans can get to Buffalo or the practices right. are closed when we are there. So it's been fun to get back in front of the fans, uh, sign some autographs, you know, yeah. relate to them, be in the realm with them. So it's been fun. I've, I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. You're, as Steve mentioned, this is year six for you, and it's almost at a point now where you may have to fill a little bit of a mentor role, especially with a guy like Terrell Bernard, you know, the rook coming in, yep. who kind of runs around and covers ground like you do. Yep. I'm not saying he's you, yeah. but in that same kind of body type mold to a certain extent, guy that can move around. Uh, can cover like you what can you lend to him in terms of you know helping him be quick on the uptake with this defense yeah I mean he's been great he's captured the defense since day one um so I don't think that's an issue to worry about okay. with him pretty but, sharp um, yeah, yeah he's he's running around. I'm sure you've seen him out there running yeah. around making right, plays yeah. he had an interception the other day yep so he's good to go but yeah I'm just doing everything I can any questions I can answer um just giving him little tips here and there watching film film study weight room stuff taking care of your body just trying to trying to get him with the speed with everybody he else. Because is, he is more of a linebacker of your time. Like, you and Tremaine are a little different. Tremaine's just this big condor-type yeah, guy. He's long leather. And, and he also has this – he's an he's an A equals B, B equals C, and you're out there going, if I see the ball, I'm going to – you know, kind of a more reactive kind of player. That's That strikes me as more what Bernard is. Uh, even if he's going to be playing both Mike and Will or both you guys are backing him up or whatever, yep. can he still – can he play Tremaine's spot like you play your spot? Like with that kind of attitude and style? Yeah, he's all over the field. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Um, Bobby's done a great job of having him learn both positions. So, I mean, I've, he's impressed me so far out here. Yeah. Is, there, is there anything left for – I mean, you're always trying to get better every single day. We hear Josh all the time because people are asking him all the time, hey, what are you working on this offseason? And he's always got a list. I'm sure you do too. Is there anything with your personal game that after watching film from last year he said – when I come back in August, I am going to be better at that. Yeah, I'm just trying to be dominant this year. Everything okay. I do in the run game, in the pass game, locking people up, making tackles, being all over the field, that's what I'm trying to do. Like a that's decisive win on yep. every play. Every every play, right. I'm going crazy. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> give us an idea of what your off season was like. I mean, you end the season on that sour note, yep. and, you know, 31 teams are unhappy. Uh, you guys get back together. You start the OTAs. How you know what's been the vibe been like in building to this point? Yeah, I mean it's been every day we're coming to work um, with that championship in mind. So everybody knows that's the goal. Every team that's the goal. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's that's definitely on our minds. What about tomorrow? You got this return of the blue and red. Going to be in the stadium for a minute. What are you telling? What are the young guys saying? What's the vibe like in the locker room? Looking yeah. for tomorrow with the, there's going to be a ton of people. Not it's not going to be full. There's going to be a lot of – this has been a lot of people at training camp. It's going yep. to be a lot of people tomorrow. What's the vibe in the locker room? Yes. Guys, guys are excited to get back to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, we've been here for a little bit. So getting back there in front of the fans, uh, some of the younger guys, their first time playing in the stadium, just being around the stadium, interacting with those fans. So I'm excited. They're excited. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. You just celebrated a birthday this week. Happy belated. Thank you. Um, I know your folks were here at camp for a little bit. Did, yep. you, did you at least get a chance to get out, or did meetings kind of prevent that? Did you get to do anything – 
for your birthday, even a birthday dinner with the folks? Or? Yeah, we just grabbed a quick little lunch. Okay. Grabbed some tacos. Ta- kept okay. it casual. Nobody yeah. sang happy birthday to you? Did somebody sing happy birthday? In Spanish, maybe, at the Mexican joint. We, ce- we celebrated before I got here, actually, so it wasn't, oh, that, all right. wasn't that big of a deal. Did you, like, low play it? With the lager, he didn't tell me. He low plays yeah, everything. Yeah, right. yeah, Off the field, want, he's pretty low. You don't key. need that. Yeah, yeah, no. That's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you a Mex- are you a Mexican food guy? Uh I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy all different types of cuisine. Because Jordan Phillips is like, is he? He's way into Mexican. Really? Like, yeah. Like he's I didn't a, know that. Yeah, he's big on that. So. Yeah. Shout out to. So Toronto. are we? So, so what do you? Yeah, tell me about. Everybody was talking about turkey burgers at the. Uh, we've missed them. We have not gotten one. I yet. had one. I'm gonna try and They're get good. one. Your thoughts on the turkey burger controversy? Turkey burgers are solid. Solid? I'm personally a regular burger kind of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you got to kill him. Grass-fed, but. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's a pretty clean eater. He knows what he's doing. He's a clean eater now. <laughs> grass-fed. Nah, the turkey burgers Hormone are good. Hormone-free. I don't right. know what they're cooked in, but they're good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you uh, incorporate anything new into your off-season training regimen? Guys are always trying to keep things fresh Yo. so they don't get mundane, especially in the off-season. Did you incorporate anything different to kind of keep things fresh for you so you're still grinding like you always do? Or? Yeah, so I would I like to keep a little balance in my training, just go hard and then rest of the day kind of hang out. Okay. Um, I don't know. I was in the ocean a lot. I don't know if that does anything for you. For Are you Gulf side or ocean side? Gulf side. Okay. Very nice. Yep. Hanging out in that ocean, that salt water supposedly heals you a little bit. So. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll see if that works. A little homeopathic yeah. routine. Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, last one for me. I got. I want to ask you about you know, this upcoming season. You guys, you find out what the schedule is going to be. First half of the schedule, you're playing against a ton of playoff teams, a lot of marquee players, the world champions to kick off the whole season. There's a lot of things that uh, speak to how high the expectations are. A lot of prime time games and like that. How does it play for you personally to be part of the group that came from a team that was couldn't get to the playoffs for 17 years and now? are considered to be the front runner. What what it means when people all over the country are like going, yeah, that Bills team's a problem. Yeah. For me, it feels good. I want to go out there and show everybody what we can do. You know, take that take that high expectation and show them why, we're there, why mm-hmm. they think we're the best. Right. So that's the mindset I'm going in with. Let them know. Let them put it out on display. Show them yeah. why we are where we are. Well, Matt, thanks for the time. We know, uh, you know, time is short this time of year when you guys are grinding so thanks for stopping by good stuff if we don't talk to you good luck the rest of the way going into the regular season stay healthy okay we want you for 17 games out there fam yes sir thank you guys (laughs) thanks matt that's matt milano joining us here on one bills live we will take a break and be back with more stay tuned Day returns to Highmark Stadium as the Bills host the Broncos for their preseason matchup on August 20th, presented by Fisher-Price. The Fisher-Price Junior Tailgate kicks off at 9 a.m. in Lot 6, bigger than ever, featuring a Power Wheels track, giant inflatables, a real fire truck, games, and more. Also, a limited quantity of Bills wristbands will be given out as a gate giveaway and special concessions available this year, including popcorn, ice cream, cotton candy, snow cones, root beer floats, and a kid's lunch deal featuring a hot dog, chips, and a Capri Sun. Mobile ticketing, as usual. Visit buffalobills.com slash kidsday for more information. Once again, that is August 20th. Should be a full day of fun 
and hijinks, hijinks. for all the little Bills fans out there. Yeah. So it will be, be. Should be a cool time. Bills Broncos is that one o'clock preseason game. One o'clock. Uh, no, the Bills Broncos is yes. It's a it's one a o'clock kids day game. One yeah. o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. The first one, this one coming up, is a no. The second one's a seven at four five o'clock game. Now you're just confused. I don't people, know, Steve. Let me look. August twentieth is the kids' day game. That's all anybody needs to know, right? That's yeah, but it's a five o'clock game. Yeah, so a full day of fun, and that'll be good. I, I, it's killing me. I gotta, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, it, you do that. I, I don't want to. You you do that, and I will tell you that with this the, weekend is four o'clock. Next weekend's four o'clock game. Then the kids' game is a one p.m. on a Saturday. Thank you. Glad we got that out I of the feel, way. I was, yeah, it bothered me. Okay. Uh, the appeal by the NFL on Deshaun Watson's case, Steve, led to a flurry of tweets from some of the national reporters, as you might expect. And I think the most interesting one, uh, at least in terms of information, was provided by ESPN's Adam Schefter, who essentially pointed out that based on the new CBA and how things are adjudicated, if, in fact, there is an appeal, is basically if wrongdoing was determined to have happened in some way, shape, or form, that um, Roger Goodell steps in, determines what he feels the appropriate punishment would be, and then levies it, and there is there is no recourse after that. You can't appeal the appeal, and then we step in and so suspend. It's interesting because what this really says is nothing has changed except when they agreed to the new CBA, the players' union said once they go to an, an arbitrator that's paid by both sides, and, 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 it, and it goes, and either side – refutes it or appeals it like we're seeing now, it goes right back to where it was before they redid the deal and Roger Goodell picks somebody he wants and they decided and it could be up, down, it could be more punishment, less punishment, or the same punishment. And then after that, nobody can say nothing. Yeah. So the personal conduct policy now states that the appeal will be processed on an expedited basis, so we should expect a quick turnaround Yeah, it's not going to be a delay. And the commissioner or his designee may overturn, reduce, modify, or increase the discipline previously issued by the independent arbitrator, and it will be final and binding on all parties. So whatever Goodell decides here, and the vast majority of reports is indefinite suspension and a $10 million fine is coming, there is no way to appeal the appeal. Right. That's it. They can't even take it to federal court. It's over and done with yeah. after this appeal. So That's exactly right. It looked like the the league, even though there's an independent arbitrator now, and they rule on it and make a ruling, the NFL still has the magic bullet. That's right. One of the reasons the league feels like this is not what it should be is because they look back in time and look at precedents. Like this guy was suspended for that. That guy was suspended for that. The problem is all these cases that we're talking about are so different in their scope and the number of people involved that they feel it should be commensurate with that. Um, Hence this enormous suspension of a year plus indefinite, whatever, plus a huge fine. Uh, 
the the arbitrator uh, Sue L. Robinson did not do that. She just went went back before this new CBA and said, "Well, this is what it used to be, so this is kind of where I'm at." Um, the league didn't like that, particularly in this Deshaun Watson case. And mm-hmm. you know, public opinion says they kind of in this case that most people agree with the league. It should have been more stringent than it was. The other interesting component of this is, as we know, the two sides engaged in some settlement talks. So what you have there is, at least from reports, the league was offering Watson 12 games and a $10 million suspension. Right. He turned it down. $10 million fine. He turned it down, believing that the arbitrator would rule more in his favor. Which it did. Which they did. The problem is his attorneys did not look at the letter of the law with respect to the personal conduct policy, which still gives the league the power to say, well, you know what? That's not good enough. We're going to do this. And now, after refusing the so, offer of 12 games and $10 right, million, right, right. here comes Thor's right. freaking hammer right, right on top of your So court. we gave you a chance to take your medicine. You decided not to do it. Now it's up to Roger back in the old days with no president. This is a brand-new CBA, so I'm not going to look at the six games I got. I'm not going to look at this you know, Calvin Ridley getting a year for a $1,500 bet. I'm going to look at you and your 30 cases or the 30 people that the Texans had to pay off, the 24 that you've paid off, and the one who you haven't. It's still pending. We're going to look at that as in this bright, in this new enlightened, you know, purview where we have, and we're going to. And by the way, since you said no to us the last time, you're not going to get a chance to say no to this one, and it's going to be. And this one's going to hurt even more. When anybody else has something like this happen to them, and we offer them something, they're going to jump at it because of what we do to you now. Yeah. Is that not the way it feels? Oh yeah. Oh, it's. (laughs) And here's the thing: it's going to be hard to find anybody sympathizing with Deshaun Watson oh, yeah. after this is over. I don't care if they indefinite two-year in suspension indefinite. I mean, nobody cares. They they want it to go away. The league wants it to go away. Nobody's got any sympathy for what this guy did. You know, give him as much as you can possibly give him. Oh, they're, there's people. And, and they're going to the throw the book at him. Since the beginning, people have said, you know, that guy shouldn't be playing anymore. And it's, so there's that out there whether you agree with it or not. And then there's some that says, hey, no, you know, no criminal charges, no foul. Let's let him play. So, you know, so the, the bandwidth, and I said this the other day, the, the width of opinions in the public purview is like what you would expect. It goes from one extreme to the other and everything in between. But the, but the backlash and the public sentiment for the arbitrator's ruling has been almost, you know, four to one against it being too yeah. harsh. And they needed they, they needed more games. We need to take a break here. When we come back for the second hour of the show, we're going to be joined by NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger, good friend of the show, going to hop on with us as he took in Bill's training camp practice today and was doing a little work of his own over on the NFL Network side. We'll catch up with Baldy next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. who has been all over the field. Kind of unique. He was kind of a dual-role player for you. Steve. A balloon. Steve. A blimp. <laughs> We're not even in the stratosphere of normalcy. 
All right, here we go. Hour number two on a Thursday at Bill's Training Camp, St. John Fisher University. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Pleased to be joined by the man you know from Baldy's Breakdowns and the NFL Network. NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger here on the show. Taking in training camp today. Baldy, what would you like today? What, what appealed to you? What caught your eye here? I know you're... You're kind of a fly-by-night operation, kind of swooping in and out of these well, camps. Well, I did. Uh, you know, I, I took Josh Allen's advice. I had a turkey burger okay. like, at the end. That was awesome. I, yeah. I'm not a turkey burger guy, but I think Josh convinced me. Like, these burgers here it. at St. John's Fisher was, was solid, was it? See, we had Matt Milano on. He said they're solid. He didn't go off on well, it. Like no, a, but, I, like, you know, but I have, like, probably better taste buds than Matt. You know? like, he, <laughs> so, like, I, it, 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 I felt the flavor in every bite. Yeah. So, uh, okay. no, that, that was really good. But, you know, this was a good practice. I mean, they, you know, I, I just talked to some of the coaches and players beforehand. And, you know, they were, they were kind of – they knew it was going to be get amped up. You know, short yards, yeah. goal line. Right. Great goal line scrimmage, right? We could see it right yeah, from right here. There. And then coming out of the end zone, like those important – Situations you got to really maximize. I I was actually telling Josh like I I remember the play at the end of the Tennessee game, you know, slipped. and you, you, you slipped there at the goal line, and that's a game to win, and they didn't win that game, and like you just don't want to lose a game on the one yard line. So they had a, they run a ton of plays there at the one today. Yeah, and it it was it was a physical practice. It was uh, one that I was telling you before we came on. Uh, from what we noticed, certainly hard physical, and they were competing hard and everything. But there were very little. There was very little extra conversation. We had the one little scuffle there that was really. Well, you know, you remember back in the day when the fights used to happen, they were death matches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like. Might know, not get back into it. Yeah, it was like Mad Max out yeah. there with it, with, <laughs> when you got fights. Now it's, now it's like a pushing and shoving and the guys get in and they break it up. But it was a, a practice that was very efficient mm-hmm. in that there was no extra. The guy, you could tell they were deep into training camp. No extra stuff. Guys just go out, come off, go out, come off. They competed hard. But I could tell it's starting to get. Starting to wear it probably on. is, but yeah. I, but I did see like I mean it was the best hitting I saw in, in any I've been to five camps, like it, it was the, the hitting over the middle was crisp. I saw Von Miller blow up a play on a third and short yardage situation, like his like you just see the flash of quickness from him to get in the backfield and just blow up Motor Singletary, you know whoever was carrying the ball at that time. So I, I saw like there was a physical component to it. Right, which you know you have to you, know, you just got to do it. You have to get conditioned to it, yeah. and um, you know you just can't. Wait till week one. It's interesting that you say, because you've been to five camps and you like the physicality of this camp. You're not the first person that has kind of come in at, from a national level and said that. I would imagine that Mike Tomlin runs his camp very similar to this. So it wouldn't right. surprise me if they kind of match the intensity level we see out here. There are a certain number of coaches, even at this day and age, with player safety and everything else, that still mandate, hey, by the time we're coming out of camp, we're going to know who we are. We're going to have an identity, and it's going to be rooted in knowing and callousing ourselves up for physical play. Yeah. No, I mean, Andy Reid's always subscribed to that. His first week of camp is about as tough as any place you go to. Some guys still believe in that old-school mentality as much as, much as you can. You're limited by how many days and pads right. and yeah. two days, all that stuff. But, you know, to really maximize it, John Harbaugh has always believed that in Baltimore. And I think their teams reflect that. Now, it's a long season. How you start the season doesn't necessarily indicate how you're going to finish the season, all those kind of things. But, you know, everybody wants to get off to a good start. But and more importantly, I believe that if you condition a body here in a good way that you mentioned, Steve, where there's not fights and chippiness and all that, like, I think you cut down on a number of different type of injuries. It's interesting because I've, you, you and I have – I mean, I started going to NFL camps in 1985. Yeah. And it was very different then. It was different. You know, 110 guys in camp, that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, 
actually, ours was, I think my rookie season was the first year where they limited how many guys you could have in camp. Mm-hmm. It used to be limitless. But I was telling him today, think about this. We watched that, and we, we, we talked about how physical this practice was and how long it was, and it was, it was grueling. Imagine yeah, that it was I practice know. number one. Yeah. And like in an hour, they're going to be back out there to do it again. Yeah, I'd be, um, in, my, it's my, almost, I'd be in my nap right now. Yeah, Steve. it's almost mind-boggling. It's <laughs> yeah. almost mind-boggling how what it used to be like, and you wonder why you know the, <laughs> it's changed. Yeah, yeah, but but you know it's changed, and I think you have to adjust the game. I mean, nobody you know CTE and some of the issues that players have had. It's real, right? But uh, but also, Steve, like I'm just thinking about your defense line with Bruce Smith and the guys. You know, Jeff Pike and whatever. Like Mark Pike, yeah. Mike, Mark Pike. You, know, you just didn't see the size of the people you see now. You know, yeah, you go to some camps and there's like, you know, there's 350-pound defensive tackles in this league now. Like, you can't spend three hours twice a day running into people that size. You know, you just, like, it's just not a good idea. And so, like, the size and the speed of the game has improved. You yeah. know, when, it, when, you, when people meet Tremaine Edmonds and they see him for the first time, like, there was it's no middle linebacker that looked like Tremaine Edmonds when I played. That's right. You know, I mean, Brian Urlacher was the first really big, long guy like that coming into the league when he came in. But, like, when I played, you know, linebackers weren't 6'5", 255 pounds and run like that. Right. Yeah. Right. That, and you're right. And, and I, the evolution of the game, I mean, it's what allowed me to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the guys that coached me in the 80s were former corners. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Houston was on that staff. And right. He, Kenny Houston was 6'4", weighed 225, and he played cornerback. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it, because you had to be that big to absorb mm-hmm. the physicality. Now when they took all the physicality at the line of scrimmage and the receivers are running oh, free yeah. down there and stuff, then you could have smaller and smaller and faster guys, and it became a thing to get in space. But the big guys down inside have gotten bigger, 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 bigger. No, but, I, but even like the evolution, I was talking to Aaron Cromer before the game. Like you go up, like I was just in with the New York Giants. And, you know, if you see Dexter Lawrence and you see some of these guys inside for the Giants, like you literally, I don't care what the play call is, what the pass play is. Like you have to run block a guy like that every play. Right. Like if you sit back and you set and you wait for Dexter Lawrence, like you, you're going to end up in the quarterback's lap. You, get, you know, can't get so him momentum. You yeah. can't let these guys get started. So Fletcher Cox, you know, I mean, like this this kid Jordan Davis now in Philadelphia, like you can't right. set on a three hundred fifty pound defensive tackle that can run like that. He'll run you right over. Yeah. So like the 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 techniques even up front just continue to evolve. Speaking of defensive linemen, you identified one on this Bills roster as one of your players in the trench, trenches, mm-hmm. poised for a breakout year. It's Greg Rousseau, who's a tall freakazoid in his own right. You know, at six seven plus, I think his wingspan's like seven and a half feet or something. What appeals to you most that you feel he's suited for a breakout season here in year two? Yeah, you know, first of all, he only played one year at Miami. You know, mm-hmm. he's a one year guy, so he didn't play a lot of football. And then he, he got on the field a little over half the plays last year, but he and he flashed. Is but it, it's usually a second year before anybody really understands and learns the game. You know, and so then I was talking to Von Miller. You know after practice about him. And he said, you know, Baldy, it's, it's not so much like technique that I'm working with him in, which I would have figured he would be working with him on, whether it's, you know, learning counter moves to, to, to what's, your, what's your fastball, what's your counter to the fastball. That's what I thought he was going to say. He goes, Baldy, what's more important is really the mental part of the game. Like, like Steve played with Bruce Smith, who was the best at understanding when the game was in the balance and taking over the game. Like it's, it's, it's about moments, whether it's third down, 
whether it's red zone, whether it's the end of the game. Right. Make the play to finish the game, to get off the field with the win. And that's what Vaughn did at the end of the Super Bowl. That's what Aaron Donald did. And it's like understanding that mentality that, yes, it's important to go hard every play. It's important to try to win your one-on-ones. But it's also important to understand it's third and two, and they have to score a touchdown. Like understanding the moment in a game. And so I think the mental aspect for Greg I think is there. And one of the reasons why I put him on the list, because I, I know the talent's there. Yeah. And now it's a question of you have every day you're around Von Miller. Like he should literally follow him everywhere he goes and just pick his brain because not everybody gets that luxury. Yeah, yeah. he's been good about that too. He's and about and your, your hunch was right because he is also teaching him technique. I watched him for 10 minutes yeah. on the side over here. They got the side field where the defense often goes. And he's teaching him how to reduce the effect of a hand punch from a lineman by pulling your shoulder off and, you know, twisting your body to reduce the impact of a punch and stuff like Because he's, you know, he gets his chest up. There's a lot to hit there for yeah. Greg Rousseau. If he can get himself skinny or reduce a punch, he never knew that before. Well, it's, it's the entire play on the edge in this league right now is a, is a game of hands. And where does the fight start? And so, like, I talk to offensive line coaches across the league. And often I was at the offensive line masterminds down in Dallas a couple weeks ago, and, you know, we had Steve Hutchinson there, Willie Rofe and guys. And really, it used to be like if you're an offensive lineman, you just punched. Well, now if you give Von Miller a punch like this on your set, like that thing's going to get pinned or he's going to rip that. And so now it's, it's, it's really like you have a guide hand, you have a kill hand. Like there's all these things going on in the chess match now right. between Greg Rousseau and the right tackle, uh, wherever you may be. And so, you know, you have to understand, like, really understand watching the film, what you're going to get this week, what they like to do, and then what's the best method to beat that. We've, got a, we've always had this conversation about offensive linemen around the National Football League. I talked years ago to one of the executives with the Bills, one of the higher-up guys, and he said, really, the problem with the league is if you expand, you run out of players mm-hmm. pretty quick. There's not enough offensive linemen that are good enough to play five deep and then have three or four guys behind them five you know deep 32 teams yeah if we go 33 teams or 36 teams there are not enough big guys out there in the world who play football who are good enough to play at this level yeah so you're going to have these teams that are Mm non-competitive because there aren't enough big guys you still see that is that still true thing everybody's looking for those guys right they're hard to find because you know even like in rousseau's uh you know place like one year college football used to be you know like, Vaughn came out of Texas A&M. It was three years straight, you know, every single Saturday he played. Like, you get these guys now. They're one-year guys. You know, Boogie Basham played five years in college. You know, like, you know, he played a lot more games. So a lot of these guys just haven't played a lot. You know, a lot of guys have position changes and things like that. Right. But when you get a guy like Greg, to your point here, Steve, is you just don't see – you go around these camps. You don't see six foot five, six foot six defensive ends with long arms, lean, fast twitch – you know, and, and the movement that he has. You know, you always study the movement when you study the player at any position. And his movement is, is, is very, very good. And now you're just looking for the suddenness. You're looking for a plan. You're looking for how, you know, what, what's my plan to beat this guy? It can't just always just be effort. You know, the effort's important. And you can make a lot of plays because of effort. But you want to win quickly. You know, the way the ball comes out now, as quickly as it comes out, you want to see how you can win quickly. And so that's, that's something that because of his length, whether it's giving the body, taking the body away on a swim move or something or a ghost move where you're not even getting touched. 
but you're still turning the corner to the quarterback. Right. We know that uh, the Bills won't be playing the Jets until after midseason. They play them pretty late in the year, both games this year. But I know you were at Jets camp earlier this week. You, you like Brees Hall, huh? You like- I do like Brees Hall. I like the whole running back room. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Michael Carter from My- last year, yeah. Michael's a little banged up right now, but Tevin Coleman, they got a good room. But when you watch Brees, first of all, you know, he's 220 pounds. Like, he's an NFL-sized running back. He's a – He's not a short guy that's squatty. Like, he's, he's six foot, you know, he's 220 pounds. So he's an NFL size. But he's got this smooth, I was talking to LaDainian Thompson about him the other day. Like he's got this smooth breakaway speed that a lot of people misjudge because he is so smooth. It doesn't look like he's going so fast. he's like gliding. He glides. You know, and so the Jets, you know, they're going to be one of these teams that wide zone and everything's going to come off the run. But, you know, if this Mackay Becton – He's, he's getting himself in shape through camp. He might be the most talented offensive lineman in football. Like, his power is just rare. What's his problem? But, you know, he, he's already came in overweight, and he's had weight issues. He's, he has – when he gets nicked up, Steve, he hasn't learned how to play through it. You know, and so there's, there's – is that a toughness issue? It's a hard thing, yeah. You, you know, you have to like, – we need you on the field. Like, you know, he, he's, he's young. He acts young. But his ability – and, you know, everybody tells me, oh, your ability, your this, and I, I'll do a boldly breakdown and watch him just mow people down. And he kind of falls in love with that, and he doesn't do the work. But if he stays like this with Oliveira Tucker and Lakin Thomas and what they have up front and the tight ends that they have right now, they got some good blocking tight ends. Like, they should be very, very good if they all kind of stay on course. Right. Right. Uh, what about Zach Wilson? Year two, it's big for him, as we know. It's got to start to kind of come together. It sounds like they're going to try to support him with a with a proven running game and yeah. kind of just have him. Well, you know, you, you got to start like what you guys have done is here with Brandon and you know drafting Josh and you know Sean. Like you're the blueprint for how to do it. Yeah. You know, people question whether Josh could become what he is and what he's going to be. Um, but the Bills saw it and they never stopped building around him, and that's what the Jets are doing. Like they've identified Zach. Um, and the, the talent that they surrounded him with, that's Garrett Wilson right there on your screen, number 17. Like, that kid is going to be an awesome player. Like, I don't know if he's Stephon Diggs good, you know, if, he, if he's going to be that good. But he has that ability to be that good. His body control, his suddenness, his, the way he explodes off the line. Like, he's, and he's got the mentality. Like, he's got the right mentality to be a dog, to be a number one, mm-hmm. the way Stephon does. You know, and so... Uh, and, and then everything, the tight ends, the backs, the line, like it's all better around him. Defensively, they're much better. Like he's, but it, it'd be like Josh coming out of his first year. Like, you know, can he make the jump? Yeah, he made the jump. But you don't know. You can't right. say he's definitely going to make it. He's got to do it by how he does on the field. And so, and so they are getting better around him. And we were making – we had Armando Salguero from Miami yeah. on. And we said, you know, it was kind of like everybody in the AFC East missed a holiday this year because we didn't get a chance to make fun of the Jets draft. Yeah. It was a really good draft for them. How, how much are those guys going to be able to contribute? Or I guess from the way they looked last year, you would expect those like maybe top four guys, certainly Brees Hall, to well, they be got, contributors right away. They, they got – Joe Douglas is the general manager. They yeah. got three of their top eight players in the draft. Right. And then Brees Hall was at the very top of the second round. I mean, kind of a first rounder. But Jermaine Johnson, Garrett, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner. Uh, I, I think you're going to get immediate impact. I don't think Sauce has to start right now. They've got two good corners in Bryce Hall and D.J. Reader. They're lining up as the starters right now. But, you know, I was just at practice on Tuesday. The first player on the field – was Sauce Gardner. 
So I just asked some guys from the Jets, well, is this a one-day thing? No, you know, like, no, he's out here 20 minutes before everybody else. So I went down and started talking to him. He goes, this is the approach. This is what I did in Cincinnati. I want to be the best. I, I, I'm going to be warmed up, stretched, and ready to go before we get to warm up and stretch. That type of mentality. I remember, Steve, when we were, you know, when you guys were all, uh, you know, up here in Buffalo and just watching James Lofton and in that whole receiving core just work after practice, before practice. Like, he has that sort of mentality. Yeah. Well, listen, Baldy, we appreciate you stopping by. We know you're busy. You're on this tight schedule. Where are you we're headed next? Yeah, what's, what's next? I'm, 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 I'm flying to Philly here, and then I'm catching a flight tonight to Arizona. So I'm going to be with the Cardinals and then the Chargers, the Cowboys, Seattle, Raiders, and, and hopefully the Steelers. Wow. Next yeah. week. So be out there and then back east. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come back to Pittsburgh. My buddy just got the assistant GM job in Pittsburgh. And he's oh, like, if you don't come to my training camp, <laughs> oh, we're not going to be friends anymore. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's good. Yeah. Well, good. Thanks for the time. Great as great always, all the best. Great Enjoy the rest of your summer, Thanks, and we'll guys. catch up with you during the regular yep. season. That's Brian Baldinger from NFL Network here on One Bills Live. We'll take a break. Be back with more in a second. Summertime, and Bills head coach Sean McDermott wants us all thinking about sun defense. Coach is passionate about skin cancer prevention as it runs in his family, and he takes sun protection very seriously. Most importantly, of course, is wearing sunscreen. Right now, you can stop by your local Wegmans for all your sun protection needs. Wegmans will donate $1 for every Wegmans sunscreen product sold through August 31st in Buffalo, Rochester, and their Syracuse stores. It's a great way to protect your family and help the fight against skin cancer and think sun defense like Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott. If you are attending training camp out here at St. John Fisher, there will be a sunscreen booth to get completely covered and protected being run by Wegmans over there. So if you forget your sunscreen when you come out to camp, fear not. They have you covered, literally. (laughs) There you go. Literally. Uh, We move along now to another prominent player on this roster who addressed the media after practice. You already heard from Josh Allen. You will now hear from the team's top pass rusher. Here is Von Miller addressing the media after practice today. I tell you what, the the people of Buffalo, the people of Rochester and just Bills Bills fans in general are great. Um, I remember the last time I was over here, I said something about the toilet paper. And four days later, like... I got all types of toilet paper just in the mail and wipes and plant plant free wipes from all types of fans and you know it's uh it's just great man and you know I think um those are the people that makes that that make you know my time here you know feel great all the guys in the lunchroom and the cafeteria and you know everybody that's uh, behind the scenes that that make um these things go man I appreciate all of those guys from you know, the janitors to, like, the helps in the kitchen. They ask me what we want to eat, like, how could they make it better? You know, all the um, all the ladies that take us around on golf carts, everybody's so nice. And so for the things that, you know, you do lack, like the great people here, the great vibes here, they definitely make up for all the things that you could perceive to be missing. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to uh, be a Bill, like, two weeks in, and it's, uh, I'm definitely feeling Bill's Mafia. I'm definitely feeling the love, and I appreciate you guys. I got a whole box. Like I just, I just put him in the, I just put him in the locker room. Like it was great. I, I wasn't trying to complain of it. I was just saying like my experience being in the dorms, like 33, you know, and then you come in and like 
it's just so many different things that, that are different. And, you know, I, I just said, like, hey, the toilet paper's different. And, like, boom, like, boxes on boxes on boxes of toilet paper and wipes and stuff. And everybody's just trying to make my, my stay here a whole lot easier, man. I just want to say publicly, man, I appreciate all of you guys, and I'm grateful. I mean, fans are always great, but, you know, this is this is – this is just different. You know, you, you say one thing in front of the media, you don't even expect it to, uh, you know, blow up like it did. It, it blows up and you got fans reaching out and so many different, so many different vibes and so many different people that's trying to, that's trying to help out and, you know, make your time here great, man. I'm, I'm appreciative of it. Well, I have one day. Are you excited for the fans to see them at the stadium tomorrow? What was it? Obviously, it's not a game, but are you excited to see the fans? Get your first experience of seeing fans. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to uh, to be in the stadium. I played there three times. We lost all three. You know, now I'm on a different side of the ball, and um, I'm excited to see Bills Mafia. I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, everybody, you know, everybody, you know, hypes them up, and everybody has so many great things to say. And you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with Bills Mafia, but to see it up close and personal at the stadium, man, I'm excited about it. The toilet paper arrived at the same time, or did it just? It just—it's like, still coming one, in. It's still coming in. Like, when, when the first one you saw, the first one is like, what? What did you think? Did you? The first one came in. It was just like a box of. Uh, it, it was just a. I don't want to say any names, you know, because you know these toilet paper companies—they're not, you know, not paying me yet or nothing like that. But I had some really great. I had some really great toilet paper, you know, just show up, show up outside of my dorm room. That was a, that was the first one. It was like a four pack. And then it was another eight pack like the next day. Then it was some wipes came in the mail from some Bills fans, and it was plant ba- plant based. And you know, it's just it's just every day. It's like toilet paper everywhere. So I I appreciate these guys. <laughs> it's it's all good, man. Right? It's all good, and you know that just that just shows the the power of Bills Mafia and the type of fan base that we have. Ed Oliver said, you know, at first when he came in, it was like, damn, Von Miller is here. But now he said it's changed into like like a brother um, to him and, and to the defensive line already. Did you feel like that, that switched pretty quickly um, once you got to training camp, or how has it been um, translating from, like, wow, it's Von Miller into this guy's my teammate and he feels like a brother already? Um, I, I, you know, I don't really like to, you know, toot my horn on a lot of stuff, you know, especially, like, football-wise and what I do. You know, I try to be humble, but um, – when it comes to like being a great teammate, like I'm, I'm great at that. When it comes to, you know, guys seeing the, the, um, the good side of me, and guys seeing like, you know, the, the camaraderie, and guys seeing like the team bond, like that's, that's one of the best things I do in this entire world is, you know, just hang with the guys and kick it with the guys and show them that I genuinely care about them, that I'm genuinely just one of the guys, and I learned that from greats like, you know, Peyton Manning and Demarcus Ware and, you know, Matthew Stafford and Aaron and Aaron Donald. All these guys were big names, and then. You get around them and they're like one of the guys. So you know, I learned that from them. You know, I just I just try to like, you know, take all of what everybody else says about me and I just like to be one of the guys. I like to hang out, I like to do what they do. Um if we uh eat in the cafeteria, I wanna eat in the cafeteria. I wanna be like involved and around to get these to get these guys, you know, um the opportunity to get to know me and me to get to know them. And um it's it's fun to uh really um earn the trust and respect of your teammates, man. And you know, Ed was a big reason why I came here. Um Greg and and AJ and Boogie and you know Phil and all these guys and Coach Washington, you know all these guys are um, you know huge reasons why I came here and it's it's so much fun 
um, to be in a room with these guys. So much fun to hang out. This is the biggest room that I've ever been in. We got the D tackles, defensive ends in there. It's a fun room. The energy is great, and it's led by Coach Washington. He's he's a he's an excellent coach, man. He knows how to relate to everybody. He knows how to bring the best out of everybody. He lets everybody be themselves, but he he commands respect at the same time. So it's a balance act that he's so good at, man. And I'm just I'm I'm uh. I'm I'm just happy to be here, happy to be at Buffalo Bill. Did you know some of the intensity, you know, some of the scraps going on out there? I mean, I'm sure it's happened in previous teams for you, but compare maybe what's happening in this one. You know, I'm, (laughs) you know, I don't like saying the old word. I don't like saying old, but, you know, when it comes to fighting out there in the field, like, that is past my time, man. Like, it. It really is, you know. I, you know, back in when you were young, you see somebody, you see somebody on defense getting a fight. You want to put your helmet on and run out there, you know. That's past me. I, I, I can say that that is past me. Today, I tried to break up like it, like I tried to stop him from something. He just pushed me out of the way, and I was like, "See, ya. you know, see, that's why I just need to chill and step back and let these guys do what they're gonna do, man." But that's just part of count, man. It's just part of, of of the brotherhood, you know. When it comes to football, you know, um, it's gonna be some 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 high temper times. And you see that I see that with all the teams that, I, that I've been on. It doesn't matter if it's training camp. It could be the eighth week of the season. It could be any time. You know, you around these guys every single day. You compete. You compete at a at a high level every single day. And you know, it just it just happens sometimes. So that's that's a good sign. We don't have anybody coming out here fighting every single day like consistently. It's just you know here and there. And you know, we all care about each other. So it's it's really short lived. And you know, you move on to the next day. I think it's just. I think it's just. Uh, I think everybody's just following Josh Allen. You know, the guy. He's been taking boxing classes or something like. <laughs> and obviously, he's a tough guy, man. So everybody's just following. Everybody's just following him, and you know, we got a we got a group full of. You know, we got a group full of tough guys here, tough, smart guys, and that's um, that's that's a great foundation of a football team. Now we we all know um, Ed is his own man, right? But how does lining up alongside of him give you those KD vibes? Oh, it's great, man. He, um, I don't really like com- comparing guys. You know, I'm not going to compare. You know, Ed to AD. You know, AD is the best defensive player that I've that I've ever played with. Um, so I don't like making I don't like making comparisons. But I tell you, Ed is Ed is his own man. Ed is is going to have a bright future, and Ed will have a shot to be one of the best defensive players that ever played this game. He'll have his own path, and he'll be able to do it. Um, I see a lot of similarities. I'm not I'm not going to compare. Like you know, AD is his own animal, but. I see a lot of similarities. I see some some things that make Ed great. He has a great get off. He's able to pass rush, play the run. Um, he can get vertical in the gap. He can do pretty much anything. He can play. He can play a five. He can play a nine. Play a one. He can play a, a three. Anything. And um, you know, I got Greg and and Ed. Man, it, it it really just makes my my job so much easier, man. And and it's uh, it's comforting. You know, all the things. It's comforting to think about all these things in the off season and what you could be and come out here on the field and you have some success versus a very good offense that we have, man. So, you know, Ed, Greg, AJ, Boogie, all these guys are, are having great counts. With that being said, how much fun are you having in Coach Frazier's defense? I, I'm having fun. I, I really don't have any complaints. Um, you know, I they did their homework on me and the type of player that I am and what I what I can do on the football field and. You know, we out here and they they uh they put me in situations to win. They put me around guys that's gonna help me win. Um, I, I'm really enjoying like just being around the young guys. You know, they're they're so um they just uh they just retain so much information. They're like sponges. Like especially Greg, we talk about something on the field. We talk about like a a long arm or just a simple shed, and he'll take that into the team period and he'll just make it his own and 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 just take that over the top. So it's good to um it's good to just. 
you know, just to talk to people and they take the stuff that you tell them and they make it their own and they just become something else. So it's uh, it's, it's definitely been enjoyable to be to be around all of these guys, all the young guys, everybody on offense to see Josh Allen close up close and, and personal, man. Like we we got a great team and I'm excited about it. I see that at all out of Greg today because every time we talk to him, he's so kind of like quiet, mild yeah. mannered. Then he got out there and was like, he just slapped the guy in the helmet. Greg's a demon, and I'm gonna bring it out of him. You know, I've been feeding him gunpowder and gasoline. I've been feeding him gunpowder and gasoline at lunch and breakfast, and it's good to see him come out here and go crazy. I think it's more so like this offensive line. I think um, going against uh, Deion Dawkins and you know and and, 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 Quins- and Queensberry and you know all these guys. These guys are tough guys that they've been playing the league for a while. And you know it's like a it's like we go out here and we spar every single day. And um, you want a great sparring partner. You want a guy that's gonna that's gonna leave it all out there. That's that's gonna spar hard with you so you could be prepared when you know when the bullets are flying. And you know going against Dion and, and going against David man you know all these guys are great man going against uh, Tommy Doyle you know we've had some ba- some battles as well he's going to be great as well and um all these guys are all the bodyguards for for Josh man and you know like you said iron sharpens iron and you know be able to compete against you know great tackles and a, a elite quarterback like this man it's it's been fun it's it's been refreshing for me um you know every time I come out here I hear the music I, I feel like I got to dance and I still get this this uh I wouldn't say it's anxiety, but I still feel I still feel alive on the inside when when I step out on the football field. So I'm I'm excited, man, and it's gonna be a great year. The other young guys. The other young guys. Yeah, what do you feed them? Uh, I, I feed um, you know, I, I feed Greg gasoline and gunpowder, and other guys. Their stomach's not developed for it yet, though. They, you know, I'm still trying to check them out, but you know, I don't know what Ed is eating, but <laughs> we need to find out because he's going crazy out there. <laughs> Intensity. Josh said that sometimes good teams fight. These couples, do we in the media make more of a bigger deal than it is to you guys? Uh, I mean, it's exciting, right? It's, it's entertainment. I, I, I mean, what you know, what uh, what type of media that sees a fight and doesn't write about it? Like, especially when you got Josh Allen and Jordan Phillips, like that's gonna go viral every single time that happens. You know, Josh Allen pick on the 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 strongest and biggest person on the football team. Like that's that's gonna, that's gonna go viral every single time. So. No, you guys. I mean, you guys are just doing your job. I mean, I do a great job, and you, um, you let guys uh, that's not here at practice feel like they're here at practice, and you know all the big moments. You guys capture it, you know, and um, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Hats off to you guys. You guys are doing a great job. All right, that's Von Miller serving up gunpowder and gasoline to Greg <laughs> Russo just to to get him going out there like a crazed dog. Um, yeah. We know, you know, we've talked to Greg. I remember when when he got drafted, we had him on the show, and you know, he's a he's a polite young man, uh, you know, raised by good parents and stuff, and right, that's all well and good. He's a consummate teammate, does his homework, puts in the work. I mean, he's added ten pounds of lean muscle mass to his frame. Von watches him play, and now he wants he wants the guy to be yeah spitting fire out there. <laughs> well. It's important. We, you know, we have the conversation all the time. Who's that guy going to be? Uh, for a couple of years here in Buffalo, it was a guy like John Feliciano, one of those guys who was a mix-it-up kind of guy. We've, you and I have uh, bandied about. We kind of think Spencer Brown has a little bit of that in him, uh-huh. uh, the ability to kind of get under the skin and not back down from a scuffle uh, on the field. Uh, certainly, if 
one of the other te- and and the Bills are prime candidates for this. They got a quarterback who's as good as anybody, uh, like the Chiefs do, like the Rams do, like the Packers do. If somebody wants to go sideways at their quarterback, you want a bunch of guys willing to take a big fine to make sure that the message gets sent that if you're going to do that, you're going to regret it. And I, yeah. mean, I mean physically and regret it. Um, that's the attitude. If the officials don't save your life, you're going to lose it, that kind of thing. Um, I don't, who's that going to be for the Bills? Um, and Von Miller sounds like he's trying to get Greg Rousseau to find that nugget of grit in himself and, and bring it out more often. Yeah, because there, there is – You've talked about it a lot. It's not just a physical investment. There is an emotional investment to this game also to play at your best. Right. And you have to summon up that juice inside you, especially when you're going as hard as you can for 40, 50, 60 snaps against some of the best of the best. And Greg Rousseau will be in that boat each and every week at his defensive end position. So Vaughn, who's got oodles of experience in this league and has done a lot of Sundays – and Mondays and Thursdays, he obviously sees something there that can be tapped into in Greg, and and he's put it on himself to pull it out of him. Right, and, and he knows probably, too, Vaughn probably knows himself well enough to know he's not going to be that guy. You know, at, at this point in his career, he's, he's not that kind of guy. Uh, Greg might be, or he sees something in Greg Rousseau that says, you know what, that, that's something that will help him and help the team. There are other guys there, too. I mean, Von, Greg Rousseau is not the only guy Von Miller's talking to. There are others, A.J., uh, Boogie, all those guys. It's going to be interesting to see this team take it. We, you and I have talked a lot about it. Certainly there's guys down inside. You know Jordan Phillips is not shying away from anything on the football field. Um, when he – we laugh because he's such a different guy off the field. And on the field it seems like he feels like a little less inhibited by social norms, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Jordan Phillips is a guy who plays to the crowd. He gets his arm going. He's just an emotional guy. He's one of those demonstrative on the field guys who are down in the middle of it off the field. He's, you know, the, the most disappearing 340 pound man you'll ever come across. So everybody's got a way that they do it. Uh, and if Von Miller thinks he can tap into that with Greg Rousseau, I think it'll be a good thing for the Buffalo Bills and Rousseau's career as well. I'm wondering, like, who, who's the biggest beneficiary? I mean, we all th- believe that Von Miller is going to be a productive player. I think people are pretty excited about what Ed Oliver is going to do with this defensive line. Right. Is there going to be, like, a surprise performer? Obviously, Baldy thinks it's Rousseau. He thinks he's going to have a breakout season this year. Is he the beneficiary? Is he the primary beneficiary because of all the attention that's going to huh. be paid to Oliver and Miller, presumably? I don't know. It's really interesting. I do not know. Because if he gets out of the, out of the gates like a house on fire, that will all change by week eight. There'll be, you know, Greg Rousseau will be the focal point of the protection calls. Um, it's really interesting to see when the whole – because you've got to take the whole season as one package. You can't just go into week one and think this is how it's going to be with every team because the Rams are a much different team than some of the other teams on the schedule. Yeah. Um, as we've come to know and realize at this point in history in the NFL, these teams are vastly different week to week, not only in the, the game plan and the way they're prepared, but which players are going to be the great players, particularly right. offensively. And I think that 
is makes the NFL at this point in history really intriguing in a way that it hasn't been in eras past. You've always looked for stars, and certainly Bills fans look for Diggs and Josh. They're always in the center of things. But I think defensively, in a team like Buffalo, particularly the way they roll their guys through, when they've got a, a, an, a group of defensive linemen that are at a level like they are, I think you really have a chance to see like off, like they do on offense, have a different guy, you know, one week Ed gets two sacks, the next week it's Von Miller, the next week, you know, to see guys rotate around depending on what the pr- pr- the protection says, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know how this team's going to, how it's going to look at the end of the year. You know, I, who's going to be beneficiary? I, I think the production may vacillate back and forth yeah. because you don't know who to double right. one week to the next, and you got guys that are all capable. It's... Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anything I'm more excited about than the defensive I, line, too. and I it's been a consistent I'm, thing for me, and it hasn't changed. I'm totally with you. we got to take a break. Steve and I to close things up next here on One Bills Live. Stay where you are. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. One final segment here, and Steve and I wanted to make you aware of our latest and greatest episode of Bills by the Numbers, our weekly podcast. It will be out later today on all of your podcast platforms or on the Bills YouTube channel just if between you choose us, to view it. Just between us, and us, just between me and them, Brownie says it's one of the really good ones. I think it's our best one yet. Really? Had a fascinating conversation with Chad Hall about the wide receiver room. Some really in-depth conversation there and how things might look once we get to the regular season, particularly in the slot. And we dive into the slot position, its recent history here in Buffalo under Cole Beasley, and what it's going to look like now that Cole Beasley is no longer on the roster. Along with some numbers game for Steve, who actually did really well this week on the numbers game. That's why it was our best ever right there. Yeah. I made the difference. <laughs> you did make the difference. Right. Nice job by you. So Bills <laughs> by the Numbers is a podcast. It will be out later today. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 1.